This past week, we did a giveaway over on our Instagram page and the winner won a t-shirt from Beautiful Chaos Shop, a candle from Illuminate Space, and then a business shout out spot from our podcast for the whole month of September. So we'd love to get our give our shout out to Andrea Huey of Crazy Kind of Wildflower. Andrea runs a blog where she posts all about motherhood, but she specifically posts fun, easy activities and worksheets for young kids. So if you have young kids, check out her website, check out her Instagram for some ideas and inspiration in motherhood. You can find her blog at www.crazykindofwildflower.com and her Instagram at crazykindofwildflower. Congratulations on winning, Andrea. Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womenhood, motherhood, and small business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Small Business Sisters. We're so glad you're listening. This is Jenny, um, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest today because she is near and dear to my heart, uh, Tammy Halbrick. Hi, Tammy. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so glad you're here. And Tammy and I, oh gosh, I don't, I mean, she is like the big sister to me because as you know, I am the big sister and the Burke Meter sisters. So having Tammy around has been like having a big sister in so many ways. She is an amazing friend. Um, She is a two on the Enneagram and like everything about a two (laughs) is Tammy. (laughs) Um, she is just just an amazing friend to have in your corner, and she is um, brilliant and wise. She mentors me. She's always giving me um, drops of wisdom, and she calms me, which is everybody needs that. So I'm so grateful for Tammy. We were coworkers um, for um, eight years, eight years together. Mm-hmm. So that like added another dimension. Um, I just love, I love you like a sister. <laughs> Aww, I love so, you and what an intro. Holy cow. <laughs> it's a good intro. Need to come gonna, with me. Say we are uh, different. We must be different uh, brands of twos because there is nothing about me that is calm. I am not a calm <laughs> present. No. Okay. I would say, cause you two are very similar. You're like two of my top people. And I feel like it's because I actually feel like both of your eights, like but when you both go to eight, like, <laughs> like your mama bear to me, that's, I love that. So uh, you ve- feel very um, similar to me. You're calming Christina. Yeah. Cause you helped me like not you, you take on the worry for me, like, and tell me why it's okay. So that's calming to me. Okay. A different brand of calm. I get <laughs> yeah, it. Different brand of calm. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a great example not to get off on the Enneagram, but it is a great example of how every number is different. You have different qualities and the different qualities of the other numbers shine through in people. And so that's why when people get weirded out that there's only nine numbers, that's exactly why, because twos can be very different in their approach. So, but I know yeah, we're not going to talk right. about the Enneagram today. No, that, oh, we love the Enneagram. I'm never opposed. <laughs> um, so first of all, we need to celebrate something huge with Tammy. She just released her third book, right? Third? 
Yes. Yes. Unapologetic. So tell us about that and how that came to be. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. It's very exciting. It is. So unapologetic is a book about learning to understand who you are and to own it and to stop apologizing for it. Because what so many of us do, especially as women, is we don't own who we are. And then we apologize all the time for just exactly the same thing as what we were talking about. Maybe Christina isn't as calm. And so she might apologize for that to people, right? Or we just don't we aren't comfortable with who we are because we just haven't taken the time to get to know ourselves. And so unapologetic is really about my journey. And it's also about helping you. It's someone I did an interview the other day and they said, it's more like a workshop in a book, which I loved because I ask you a lot of questions because as a coach and even as a writer, I want to share with you what I've learned, but I want you to do your work because I tell everyone, I don't have your answers. You do, but I want to help you uncover them. And so it's been really fun to see so many people just throughout my world and just the book resonating with people that you don't always expect. So it's super fun. I love that. And that's something I was really surprised by when I started reading Unapologetic, like at the end of the chapter, then there are questions you have to think through. And I'm like, this is so Tammy. I didn't even know this was going to come up. So it's kind of like a, like, like a story time, but then a journal, like how do you, how do you, like you're making the reader implement it right then and there. And I really like that. That was good. And I've noticed how I am so much more aware this week of just all the times I say, I'm sorry, like not even just, not even in how we think of apologizing, but just like everything. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'll do like that. That's made me rethink why do we say that? What do we have to say? I'm sorry for like normal human stuff. So I like that. I mean, it's really practical. This is making me excited to read. I, (laughs) and I normally don't like reading, but um, I think that it's really hard. You like things about other people, right? So you, from your friend group or whatever, you form these things of what you should be like, because I like that in them. So I need to be like that. Or I just like that in them. So I need to be like that. But I love how you're saying like, own who you are. Like you also bring value. And like, there's that kid book that you read to your babies when they're little, like there's no one like you. And it's Mm -hmm. really hard to get in that space, especially when you're not being, you're not always the things that you like in other people, if that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's how we've been conditioned, right? Because most of us have been conditioned. We should be like someone else. We should do things this certain way. And it's until you start to learn and understand who you really are and question that, that you get to decide, what if that doesn't work for me? right? Jenny and I are a great example of that. Jenny and I look at the world very differently being a two and a six. And she taught me so much about that in just how I needed to communicate with her because I don't think the things that she thinks when I get a text message from someone, right? And so it's just, it's being able to, (laughs) she's laughing. (laughs) I learned, I have to tell you specifically why I want to meet with you. You you, you don't tell yourself a story. You must use eight emojis to communicate how you are (laughs) typing. Yes, if you, okay, everybody listening, if you send me a text and there is no punctuation 
first of all, punctuation, like I need to know, I need an exclamation point. Secondly, like I need an emoji, but yeah, please don't like randomly text me and be like, Hey, can we meet or can we, can you talk for a second? I immediately think that's bad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But Jenny is learning to own that about herself, right? Where in the past you might have apologized or tried to be like someone else. Whereas now you can articulate and say, this is what I prefer. This is what works best for me. And that was huge for us as coworkers. And I think that's so much of this book is really trying to help people tap into their gifts. Because I always say, I believe we all have something awesome to bring to the world, but we get caught up in our own heads. We get caught up in our own stories and we get caught up in comparing ourselves to other people that are nothing like us and who don't have the same gifts that we do. And that's what a lot of the book's about. Yeah, I feel like you're really good at unleashing that in people to, well, not only just to show up as yourself and that's okay. And even if the person next to you is doing it different or showing up differently, like that doesn't mean you have to change to adjust to them, which is like years of work with you that I've gone to. But um, also I've learned from you that like no plan is final or no path is final or no like destination is final. Like it can always change and evolve. And when you just show up kind of with open hands each day that then you don't get too caught up in like this one way of doing it or this one plan or um, yeah, just being able to change and evolve and looking at at that as a good exciting thing in life and not like scary and terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Cause so much, especially as entrepreneurs. So speaking to your audience, this is something that I coach all of my clients on who are entrepreneurs, but I think it applies to your life as well. We've just been taught that it's like success or failure, right? What if it's not? What if so much of, especially the entrepreneurial journey is experimenting and is trying things and seeing if they work and seeing if you like doing them. That's the other part of it. So many people get caught up in other people telling them how they should do something and they don't want to do it at all. And then, so they can create this thing, but then they don't even like it and it doesn't align with their values or how they want to live their life. And so I think so much of it is, yes, being okay with who you are, because also when you do that, you give other people permission to be themselves too. And you're not getting caught up in judging or trying to change them too. Yes, I I agree. Yes. So that's what maybe we can move into then uh, because a lot of unapologetic is sharing your journey and how you were able to change and adapt to what you felt, what did bring you joy in life and close doors on things that didn't. And I think that's really hard for people. So can you kind of like, I know, I know it's a lot to go through, but maybe just like an overview of where you started and to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. I'll try to keep it short. So yeah, I was in the corporate world. I went to college, got a marketing degree and didn't really want to manage anyone. So I was like, oh, I'll be in sales. I can make good money can climb the corporate ladder, do all that. So I did that for almost 20 years and I was successful and I had good jobs. I worked for Fortune 500 companies. I traveled the country and I started to be, it was probably my late 30s, I guess. And I kind of looked around and thought, is this it? (laughs) 
is this what everyone tells us that we're supposed to be so happy and fulfilled? Yeah. And it just wasn't doing it for me anymore. And part of that was related absolutely to my own spiritual journey around the same time I was really starting to try to um, kind of deconstruct my faith and figure out what I really believe now, what my parents believe now, anyone else told me. And so that was definitely the precursor to this of starting to just look at things. What else is out there? What else is possible? And in that process, what I, what I can see very clearly now is I always suppressed my entrepreneurial spirit and just thought that that was the way that I was supposed to, the corporate world felt safe to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I know that it was just restricting so much of my creativity and just who I was. And so, so I started to look around at that time. I was not a coach, so I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew that I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I started going to conferences and reading books and talking to entrepreneurs and people who were doing things different than the path that I was on. And, um, it led me to going to work for a nonprofit, which was not something I said I would never, ever mm-hmm. do, but it's where I met Jenny. And so yeah. that, it's where we work together. So it was fantastic. But, and it was actually a really good, I can see now, especially looking back, that was so needed to kind of unlearn everything I learned in the corporate world and see, work with a really creative team who did things very differently than the corporate world. And then through that process too, then is when I discovered coaching and, um, got coached and and hired coaches and then kind of realized that I've always been a coach. And so then that's when I started. So I've been doing coaching for about five years now. And um, it's just been such a, such a huge transformation in my life, being able to look at my thoughts and feelings objectively and then decide on purpose how I want to show up. And that's what Unapologetic is all about. And it's what I work with my clients on like I said before, I, I don't have anyone's answers. I truly believe that. I think you do. And I mm-hmm. think that we've all been given desires and things in our heart that we're supposed to bring to fruition. And so if I can help someone do that and I can help you see yourself in a way that you can't see yourself, I had to borrow permission from other people. I had to borrow belief from people in the beginning because that was all I knew. And mm-hmm. so that's what I love to do for other people. So that's kind of a short... Um, description. (laughs) And I like in the book, how you give the example of how you can see these things in you as a child, like going back to what you love to do as a child and how you said you would always play school and like you were the teacher and teaching everybody. And I actually used that with my son, Elliot today. I was like, trying to pull out of him. Well, what do you like to do? Right. Cause it's starting to become a conversation of what do they want to pursue after um, school? And I was like, Think of the things you really love doing, like things that come easy to you, that give you joy, that you feel like in the zone doing. And then like you find those career paths through that. Like it doesn't have to be this like, here you want to be a teacher, but like find the things that do bring you joy. And it made me think of your story and that of how like you're totally a coach and you could see those things in childhood. So I think that's so helpful. Um for our listeners that maybe they're in a job they don't love or, you know, just feeling lots of burnout, like going back, that's such a practical thing to going back to your childhood. And like, what did you really love and made you come alive? And like, what kind of things could you do as an adult to bring those things back? 
Yeah. And not thinking that it has to be exactly related, right? Because the other thing I wanted to be when I was a kid was a mortician. And like, <laughs> the, so I was fascinated by it. And so for a long time, I was like, what, what does that have to do with anything that I do? Right. You can go, um, so just go always- chill at uh, the mercantile, the, the the <laughs> mercantile basement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I know yeah. our place used to be a funeral home back in the day. <laughs> I, I have a question before we move on. Cause I was, I said this in our ADD episode about how I wasn't good at school and really ages K through 12, the me- people teach you the measure of success is how you do in school. And so mm-hmm. I know that I've had to unlearn a lot about what success means. And I feel like your answer will be, I want everyone to figure it out on their own, but what is your personal definition of success? Like what you just said that it's not success or failure. It could be experiment and in between, but I guess when we throw the word success out there, what comes to your mind? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause it definitely used to be how much money I made, the position I had, the title I had, right. Um, the company I worked for the prestige, that kind of thing. Um, now success to me, honestly, is doing what I love and showing up every day in service to others. And so I think as entrepreneurs, we can get caught up in that, right? Are you making this amount of money? Is is your business profitable? Are you doing these things, right? That can mean success. And you're right. I do always think that success is your own definition because so many of us, we look at other people and we think that's what success looks like, but you don't want to do anything that they're doing because it doesn't align with who you are, right? And so for success, I mean, success for me, honestly, right now is being able to look back and see, like, I created this life that I dreamed about years ago when I left the corporate world because I wanted to be home with my kids. I wanted to have flexibility. Flexibility was my big thing. I want to be able to do what I want when I want. And I don't mm-hmm. want somebody to tell me I have to be there for certain hours. And I've created a life with that where my schedule is my own. And so, to me, that looks like success. Um, and, and it changes, I think, too. You know, obviously, financially is is important, too, if you're going to continue to be in business. But I think that would be a great question for your listeners to really get honest and ask themselves, what does it look like for them? Because you can compare yourself to Jenny or to Christina and say, like, oh, they're successful and I'm not. Or you can say, like, what does success mean to me? Does success mean to me I have the flexibility to stay home with my kids and to work my business around it. Or I also have the option to leave this job that I don't love. Oh, that's so good. We could, we could just end the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like but, I wrote down what you said about <clears throat> that. It's doing what I love and showing up every day. And then I added like, just as I am, because that's what success yeah. is to me is being able to show up and not have to be the person that I admiring or I like this and this about that person. So it almost is full circle back to your book of being proud of who I am. And that right there is my success is living in who I'm meant to be. Oh, I got chills. Absolutely. (laughs) No, because that is, I mean, at the end of the day, you are the only one who lives your life. So you are the only one who knows if you, how you show up every day and what you give to your family and what you give to the world around you. And you get to define what that success looks like for you. And I keep thinking back to the mortician thing. And that's like (laughs) making me think it's 
so fitting because (laughs) because it's like we have one life to live we die like what are we doing with this life and living it yeah I I see the connection there (laughs) well I do too so that's fascinating you said that so for years I, cause again, I went like, what did I love to do when I was a kid? I did love to teach. I love to do all that. And obviously I'm a teacher now and I'm a coach, but the mortician one always threw me off now. Cause it changed. Like as soon as my dad passed away, when I was in middle school, I was like, yep, nope, done. <laughs> Don't want to do that anymore. Um, but so I, I kept just like rolling around, like, where is the connection? And it did hit me one day. That's exactly what it is. I want people to wake up to their life. I want people to live their life. I want to help people do that because that's what I have done in my life. I've unfortunately had a lot of death around me. And that is something that continues to remind me, we, we get to enjoy this life and have fun and be amazing, or we can just dread this life and just wait until we retire or die or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't sound fun to me. I I totally see that in you and you do that for, you help other people get to that point. So that's pretty awesome. But I thought would you. love to talk about what you've helped. What I um, do coaching with you for is um, thought work. So I was wondering if you could tell us what thought work is essentially, and then maybe do have Christina do an example with you. Yes, I would love that. I could talk about thought work all day long. So basically what thought work is, is just, again, being able to objectively look at what am I thinking and how does that create a feeling in me? And then how's that feeling drive my actions, right? So we think that we just have these feelings. Like if we're feeling sad, we just think that we're just feeling sad today, right? Well, most of the time it is because of something you're thinking. It's thinking, you're thinking, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart. Right. And that makes me feel sad. And then that will drive whether you decide to show up that day or not. And so it's really just starting to look at your thoughts and then again, deciding on purpose. So it's not about being this Pollyanna of like, everything's amazing in the world all the time. It's about just being honest about what you're really thinking and feeling. So yeah, I would love to, Christina, tell me, what are you thinking? Okay. I have (laughs) heebie-jeebies right now. I... My the I'm very honest on my social media, but I haven't, I don't know that we've said it on the podcast, but I am in therapy and I feel like I'm about to be in a therapy session and therapy is very, I share it with people, but it's, it is a very personal process. All three of us in here, I think have done therapy. Have you done therapy, yep. Tammy? Okay. So For it sure. is a very yep. personal process and there is a lot of emotion in it. And so I do, I was aware we were going to do this for this podcast. So I have some thoughts prepared, but I'm already emotional about them. So I would like to forewarn people listening that I am about to start my period. So this, (laughs) if you hear sniffles, like just bear with it and hopefully you can do your own thought work on the other side. And I I just want to squeeze you. (laughs) Um, And this is a safe space. So that's the important part. It's it's a safe space. I'm not sure if this is like a statement. You can probably pull a statement from what I'm the story I will tell you. Um, and I okay. know I am very confident that I'm not alone in this. So I think it will be helpful. Okay. So I live in a really small town and mm-hmm. gossip is prevalent in my okay. small town. I own a store. And because of that, my name happens to be in a lot of people's mouths and it's very hurtful. Okay. And I'm realizing that I can't 
And again, you'll probably be able to pull a statement from this, but I don't trust that people actually like me because I hear that they're talking about me behind their back. So I don't trust when someone wants to have friendship with me. Okay. Okay. So when you don't trust that somebody, so you're, you're not trusting that someone is your real friend, right? Right. And this, I mean, like I said, I'm in therapy. This stems from like situations when I was young. So I know where it stems from and I know why that dwells in me, but I, that is my, that's my statement. You want to say it one more time? Cause I'm going to write it down. Yes. So I don't trust that people want to be my real friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you say that, how do you feel? What's the feeling that's associated with it? Um, maybe abandonment. Mm, okay. I I have a feelings pillow <laughs> and it's an emotion wheel. So it has all of the emotions on the wheel. And oftentimes yeah. I'm feeling that's kind of what we're figuring out too about roots from childhood is like things that happened in my childhood at school, just feeling abandoned or like not, Mm -hmm. not even abandoned. I think it's, I don't feel worth. Mm. I don't feel worth. I don't, I don't know if it's usually it's people advocating for me. So like, I love when someone advocates on my behalf and it doesn't always happen. And so I feel abandoned in that moment, but it's because I don't feel like I'm worth them risking standing up for me. Mm. And I think that maybe. Yeah. And that when they're, when I find out they've been talking about me behind my back, I almost feel unworth, like unworthy of that person's friendship that they're not sticking up for me. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And, and this, I think this is a great example and thank you for being willing to share it because it's, yeah. it is. Very Although wonderful. I can see big sister eyes across the screen, like, <laughs> ready to move to Liberty Hill. I will advocate. Yes. Yes. She, Jenny is a fantastic advocator for sure. Um, yeah. So you are feeling, um, that you're unworthy to have these friends, would you say, or that they're unworthy to be your friend? Um, okay. Well this, you'll understand this is an Enneagram too, that because I feel unworthy to be their friend. Like I obviously can't be their close friend where they're not going to talk about me. I put up a wall as from my Enneagram eight stance and ref- like will not be fake to them. Mm-hmm. So therefore I'm not friendly. O- okay. And what if that's okay? What are you telling yourself about that? Yeah. I mean, that's deep rooted and like, I want to be liked. And I want to, I feel like, okay, so one of the things I tell myself, because I know a lot of things people have said is like, if someone were to meet me firsthand and had heard something like that, I would want them to meet me and be like, those two things don't line up. That's not her. That's not Christina. So that's my Mm -hmm. goal. But if I, I, I feel like if I do act unfriendly, to that person who's talking to me about me, it almost um, uh, makes true what what what's the word I'm looking for? It makes it true what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you have to be friendly 
to someone that you know is not trustworthy? No. <laughs> I, no, I don't. I just would never want... Let's say I encountered that person and wasn't friendly. They now have proof to tell someone like, yeah, she wasn't friendly to me or she put a wall up or whatever. And so I guess I feel like, and I'm learning boundaries. Boundaries are not something that come naturally to me. Um, But yeah, like, I think it's fair to say I, I can put that wall up or I don't have to act friendly, but that's a really hard place to be, especially Jenny can speak to this owning a brick and mortar where you it's my fault because I've given access to myself. I've given open access to myself via social media, via being in store, being in a small town. And so I almost like wrestle with, have I given too much access to me? Hmm. Okay. And that's where boundary working on boundaries will be helpful for you. Right. So there's a, you have a couple of different thoughts going on with this model, which is totally normal because it, it it's a lot, right. And it's very real. I think all of your listeners can probably relate to this. If they have some kind of business, somebody's going to have an opinion mm-hmm. about you and about how you do your business. Right. It's just part of the deal. I'm pretty um, sure I've done this so, same model with Dan. <laughs> yes. I, I know. Yes. Yes. So how do, so do you, so if I asked you, Christina, do you feel unworthy to have friends? What would you say? Mm. Or to be a friend? No, but I definitely keep that circle small. Okay. Okay. So in your mind, you're telling yourself that you're supposed to trust all these people who might not even be a part of your circle anyway, right? Right. That's like nail on the head. Like they're not part of that trust inner circle, but because it's a small town, I'm worried that they're going to make their way to the people in my circle. Mm, There it is. That's what like the underlying thing is. You're afraid that these people who you do not trust, which is totally okay. You don't have to trust everyone. You're afraid that they're going to influence the people that you do trust. Yes. What if that's not true? What if the Mm -hmm. people that you really do trust because you're very specific about those boundaries could never not want to be friends with you? Yeah, I hope that's true. But I think that's where it comes in where I'm like, well, then why are you advocating for me? Mm, mm, Okay. That's a very two thing um, (laughs) for us. We expect other people to do things in the way that we do them. Mm -hmm. And very rarely do they, right? Yes. So this is where you, so therapy will really help with this. The more you become okay with Christina and who she is, and the more you live authentically as you, the less what other people say about you will impact you. Because the reality is people can say and do whatever they want. It's your choice whether you let it impact you or not. Mm -hmm. And I know that seems like really, really hard, especially for people pleasers, especially for people who have a brick and mortar in a small town, right? But you being okay with who you are Mm -hmm. can be so helpful for that. So let's... so. To for so what we always try to do is find a more helpful thought than I 
you know, I feel unworthy to have them as a friend or whatever, or I feel abandoned by them. Right. So what would be more helpful for you to think when someone is, say someone is saying something about you, that's untrue. What would be helpful for Christina to think and truly believe? I think that I'm, I don't know if I can say this because I think we're in PG podcast, but I'm a badass friend. Like (laughs) I will be there when you need me. I will quickly step into my eight role for you. Like I love fiercely, like there is nothing I love more than the people in my circle. And so I know that I'm a good friend and I know that I have a really good heart. And so it's hard when you hear people say that you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and letting yourself feel that, but knowing, like, I believed every word you just said, you are a badass friend. <laughs> Me <right>? too. <laughs> so Yes. So maybe it's something like, I am a badass friend and only badass friends are allowed in my circle. <laughs> I love that. You love that? Yeah. Something along those lines of like, or I'm a badass friend and I get to choose who's in my circle. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm writing it down. Then when, when people do start to talk, you can ask yourself, are they in my circle? Nope. I have not allowed them in to my circle because that's the thing. That's what all this thought work is about is being able to say like, I'm in control of my feelings. Yes. I can feel sad. It's not to say you're not going to feel sad or hurt that people are talking about you, but Mm -hmm. it's to say, I get to decide whether that hurts me or not. If someone really doesn't know the real Christina, guess what? That's their loss because I'm a badass friend. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Can I, I want to, can I share the thought that Tammy helped me get to from a similar storyline that I was telling myself? Um, Mine was kind of along the same lines that I thought people didn't like me or thought less of me than I knew I was putting out. So my thought, I was so consumed with worrying, worrying with worrying about what the other person thought about what I was putting out. But so I changed my thought to, I know I'm a good person. And if so-and-so doesn't think that, that doesn't change that I'm a good person. Like they can. And so like visually thinking of them having their opinion, like I don't need to attach or touch that opinion at all. It doesn't change that I know what I am. And that helped me. So like, like, let them think what they're going to think because they will, you can't control that, but you can stop thinking about what they think because you know what you're doing. Yeah. So you're a badass friend. (laughs) I think that 2020, 2021 has made it worse. Just, I know Jenny can uh, identify with this, um, but our sister is in the LGBTQ community And we are very outspoken about that. And I live in a small Christian town um, in Texas. So um, that's not the only issue that I'm outspoken about. Because like I said, I I care deeply about people. I care deeply about souls. And a lot of it stems from my beliefs about caring about people. And so that's really hard because I'm very alone, not just in like feeling 
those feelings for people up here, but very alone in being outspoken about it here. And so you Mm -hmm. just, you do get in that corner where then you start doubting, like, not that I would never not support that because she's my sister, but you get into these feelings of like, I'm, I'm not worthy to be your friend because we're in a, we're in a place right now where people are very like, you'd have different beliefs than me. I'm no longer your friend. And like my inner circle is not like that. So I love the boundary of like, these people aren't in my circle, but it's, um, it's really hard when then that affects my business because they put my personal beliefs with buying my product. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just another, I mean, thank you for sharing all that. I think it's, it's very true. And it's, it's, staying rooted and grounded in what you do believe. All of those things you just said, I care very deeply about people. I am a fantastic friend. People in my circle know that. And if people outside don't, that's their that's their opinion and that's their loss. And also maybe they're not my best customers either, right? Like I know it can feel, you know, we talk about this in business, especially as entrepreneurs, the clearer you get about who you are and what you stand for, the more people will fall away, right? You'll attract the people who relate yes. to that, but the other people will fall away. And it sounds like you're kind of in a little bit of that falling away process, um, but never yeah. questioning your work. First of all, like wor- the worthiness is very common for most of us, especially as women. I truly believe the the thought that has helped me and the belief that I absolutely stand on is we're all worthy because we're here, period. There's no questioning it. There's no doubting it. There's nothing. It's it's legitimate fact. We're worthy because we're here, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's good. Other people having different opinions about that. It's it, it is just a practice, and it, it's also I think probably the age range that you guys are at too that happens where your your circles start getting smaller just mm-hmm. because of family, business, you know those kind of things, and so. Yeah really tapping into that and knowing like there are people. And I think that's why you guys are doing this podcast, right? You're doing this for other small business owners to know you're not alone. It feels Mm -hmm. like you are. It feels Mm -hmm. like you're isolated in this little town, but guess what? There's, there's three women on here right now who understand what you're going through. Right. Yeah. And I always think because it's hard because I feel like the other group is the loudest sometimes mm-hmm. so that I, I don't mean to be like the other group, but it, you, those voices are so loud, but the right people do show up with you. And I, like a year or so ago, I started visualizing, you guys know how I love the Marvel movies, <laughs> but my favorite part in Endgame is when the women all like come up to the line with her to fight Thanos. And I like, I get (laughs) teary thinking about it. Cause I do, I always, when I'm feeling really low or alone, I go to that visual and think of all the women in my life who, and people like all genders who come up to my quote unquote line with me. And I would Mm -hmm. never be alone or face anything alone. And Christina, there are like, millions that would come to your line with you just because of the few that are loud. It's yeah, not true. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I think you. one, one thing that you can remember too, Christina, is that you, you can be a badass friend and not the other people don't have to be that back to you. Like it doesn't, it's not reciprocal always. 
right? Especially as a team, because yeah. you're going to give typically more than other people do. And so the more you can kind of release some of that attachment, the more it'll help you just stand in like, yeah, I am a great friend. And people, if you want a great friend, then you're going to have to give me something back a little bit to, to, you know, be able to be a part of my circle. Mm-hmm. That's good. Does that help? This, it does. This is a good practice. Uh, it's so good. So everybody listening, you can contact Tammy at, well, what's, what, what are all the contacts? What do you like to be contacted by your website? Yeah. The best place is just to go to my website, TammyHelfrick.com. You can see, um, you can contact me there. You can uh, follow my podcast, which is called Intentional Life. You yes. The podcast book, is awesome. You can, do you can schedule on one-off sessions, right? Like if they wanted to do yep. a thought work session with you. Yeah. It's just so sure. helpful. Tammy coaches Tam- me in my business and my thoughts about my business thoughts. She writes awesome books. She makes cards. <laughs> she makes you emotional. Right. <laughs> All of the things. Hey, Tammy, will you real quick spell it slowly for people? Yes. I, every time I listen to a podcast and they say their name, I'm like, I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's T- Tammy Helfrich. So it's T-A-M-M-Y-H-E-L-F as in Frank, dot com. Perfect. And I'll make sure to tag you on Instagram so that everyone can follow your pages as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so great. And I appreciate you being vulnerable, Christina. And just, I love what you guys are doing. Again, I think that it's so important for people to know that they're not alone and that they're, and that you can do it. And your journey might look really different from someone else's, but that's the uniqueness that you bring to the world. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, and I hope Tammy. I hope everybody goes out and are badass friends today. Yes. <laughs> Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at, at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.